Welcome back to the Penn State edition of Scarlet Gray Sports Recap. I'm Nathan Forstoffel. Joining me is Zachary Neenaber and Murphy Horning. And guys, the students are on the field here tonight <laughs> in Columbus. And it's party time here in the Capitol after the 33-24 victory over number 20 Penn State. I know where I'm going after this post-game show. I'm storming the field. I'm allowed because I got a media credential. Oh, too? So. Yeah, you're actually approved to be on the we field. We did storm the field before the game. Absolutely. You got to check in with everybody there before the game, kind of get the scoop on what's going on. But now talking about what happened in today's game, an incredible performance here from C.J. Stroud and Sean Clifford, both quarterbacks going for over 300 yards. C.J. Stroud would finish with a better passing rating at 149.8. Um, that's probably mostly due to the pick. Um, Sean Clifford still with an excellent line at 128.1. He was 35 for 52 for 361 yards. But, guys, what did you see out of that Ohio State offense tonight? Did, were you concerned at all there uh, at the end of the first half? Well, I was concerned that Ohio State couldn't finish drives tonight. Penn State forced OSU to kick four field goals. Ohio State had that failed fourth down conversion. Ohio State was bad on third down tonight, only five for 14. But I wasn't concerned with how Ohio State was able to move the ball tonight. They just couldn't finish drive. And also, the other thing I didn't like was the play calling. They kept trying to send Travion Henderson up the middle. Penn State was great defending up the gut the whole game. And yet Ohio State tried to keep going with these middle runs. They should have been more imaginative. Yeah, for the run game for Ohio State, they struggled to get going early, but eventually they were able to establish the game on the ground, and I really think that's just what separated them from the Penn State Nittany Lions here tonight. Absolutely. Penn State falling to 5-3, and 2-3 three, and three in the conference. Ohio State moving to 5-0 and oh in Big Ten Conference play, 7-1 and one overall. That lone loss to Oregon by a touchdown here in September. And if you're Penn State, you're a, bowl, you're a game away from bowl eligibility. What do you have to do to rebound next week against Maryland, looking ahead to a tough matchup um, against Michigan and Happy Valley? I don't think you have to do much. You just got to catch the football. Quite a few drops, especially noticed it from, I think, the tight ends on a couple different plays from Strange and Johnson. Sean Clifford did a good job, and it's unfortunate because if Sean Clifford did not sustain that injury in the Iowa game, I think Penn State's a team that's competing for the college football playoffs, had those losses in back-to-back -back weeks. But if the injury didn't happen, I think that Penn State goes into the game today undefeated. I think this is their first loss of the year compared to being their third loss of the year. Just want to get that out there. I will say, Penn State did not look like a team that lost to Illinois last week. This didn't look like an Ohio State team that just played bad. It looked like two pretty good teams going at it, but I, I don't think they lose the game to Iowa, and the, the loss to Illinois was pretty inexplicable. I'm guessing that pr uh, probably be looked at as a fluke by season's end, but what Penn State can improve on is, number one, need to give up less yards, 466 yards. Ohio State was able to move the ball against them, and Penn State needs to run the ball better. They had a terrible game running today, only 29 carries, 33 yards, 1.1 yards per carry, 2.2 yards per carry if you adjust for sacks, which is still pretty bad for running. But Penn State's run game has been a problem all year, and that needs to get better. We know the Big Ten is deep. I think this shows us again tonight. Obviously, that Eastern Division is absolutely loaded. Yes. And this is just the start of the gauntlet. 
for both Penn State and uh, Ohio State. Penn State obviously got that unfortunate tough crossover game with Iowa at Kinnick Stadium. Always a tough place to walk away from a victory, and obviously that doesn't even include the injury to Sean Clifford in that game. But Ohio State and Michigan, or excuse me, Ohio State and Penn State both have to play Michigan and Michigan State. Obviously the Spartans won that victory today. A huge win for them. They have to come to Ohio Stadium here in a few weeks in a tough matchup. But guys, looking at this Ohio State defense today, a unit that was really concerning for Coach Day earlier this year. They had four sacks today and eight tackles for loss. They were having John Clifford run all over the place out of his mind, making some Houdini plays to get the ball out of his hand uh, quickly and to his receivers and eventually started connecting with Dotson later in the game. But what has Ohio State done to sustain that success that they've had over the last few games? And the difference between this game and between the Oregon game, two close games, Ohio State's defense, they made a lot of plays today. As they had three takeaways against Penn State today, they didn't have any against Oregon. They had four sacks. Defense made enough plays to win the game like they did not against Oregon. And Ohio State's pass defense can improve. Clifford... Penn State, they threw the ball 52 times. That was the only way they could hang around today, and they did by throwing the ball 52 times. And I think Ohio State's defense was able to really force turnovers today. We saw Jerron Cage run one back for six, an interception for Ohio State. Garrett going down the stretch. He had a big deflection when Sean Clifford was trying to lead a Penn State drive. Ohio State's defense is just able to step up and make big plays when the moment calls for it, and that's something that not every team can do. And let's talk about Jerron Cage, too. A 57-yard fumble recovery for a touchdown. Look at the big man move where that. There's a ton of players all over these defense making plays. And what have you guys seen, especially out of these young guys here, on a night like tonight in prime time on national television, stepping up to the plate? Well, that fumble recovery by Jerron Cage, that's the biggest play of the game as far as I'm concerned because you take away that, it's a 26-24 game. But because of that, Ohio State was able to win by two scores. It makes up for Ohio State's offense's inability to finish drives. They had six scoring drives offensively, only two touchdowns. But that defensive touchdown by Jerron Cage, that's a difference maker tonight. You've also seen some other young guys like Bryson Shaw, who played a lot of the game today, step up when players like Proctor have gone down with injuries. I especially think some of those games earlier in the season when the defense was having some struggles, it just took a little bit of time for the team to come together, get into a rhythm, and I think right now on all cylinders, Ohio State's definitely in a rhythm. Now looking with this game to the big picture, obviously you add a ranked win to your belt and that looks to impress the committee. The committee's first rankings come out this Tuesday. Where do we think this Ohio State team falls and sorts in, especially with all the chaos that has happened this season um, and you still have undefeated Georgia and undefeated Cincinnati that you're looking up at? Um, I haven't dove into playoff talk too much, but I think fourth or fifth where they are in the AP right now, that's probably where the Buckeyes will be. The resume isn't there quite yet for Ohio State. They have two wins against good but not great teams against Penn State and Minnesota, and then Maryland, Rutgers, Akron, Tulsa, those look like pretty, and Indiana, those are wins against relatively 500 subpar teams, mostly subpar teams. So I don't think the resume is there quite yet for Ohio State, but that'll take care of yourself. Both Michigan and Michigan State look legit, as we saw this afternoon. The resume will take care of itself later in the year. And I feel like just looking at the schedule of upcoming games for Ohio State, 
and with their loss already that they had to Oregon, I feel like for the Buckeyes, if they win out, they're in. If they lose a the game, they're done. I mean, you got Michigan, Michigan State. Those would be two pretty big wins. So I think that's kind of how Ohio State's outlook is right now. An absolutely fair take there from both of you. My big question is, where does Oregon fall? Oregon crushed Colorado today, but they've looked shaky, and their body of work outside of the win at Ohio State has not been that impressive. So where do you balance um, Oregon when they have that terrible loss against Stanford, but probably the best win of any Power 5 team or Group of 5 team, for that matter, over number 5 Ohio State? Well, that's the million-dollar question that people are going to be talking about until the final rankings, until they reveal the finally reveal the four teams that will be going to the playoffs. It's a huge controversy. Right now, most people think Ohio State is the better team. After all, the AP did put Ohio State over Oregon. But some will find it tough to reconcile Oregon being behind Ohio State when they beat the Buckeyes, and I can understand that, but... It's a complicated argument. I think there's good arguments for both ways. Oregon still got a couple tough games moving forward. Um, they still have to go to Washington. They get Washington State at home. They got to go to Utah. And then always they got that interesting rivalry game against the Oregon State Beavers, the other OSU team here in the country outside of the Buckeyes and Oregon State. So looking forward at that schedule, if you're a Buckeye fan, are you hoping Oregon stumbles up um, to kind of give them a win that head-to-head kind of argument? Oregon would have two losses. Ohio State would have one loss. Or would you want Oregon to win out? Can I kind of say, hey, with the only loss that we have is against a one-loss Pac-12 champion. I think you want Oregon to lose one more because if both teams finish the year with one loss and they win their respective conference champion championships, a ton of people are going to be saying, how can you put an Ohio State team that lost to Oregon over Oregon? So I think you're rooting against Oregon the rest of the way, and I think Ohio State would be in better shape if Oregon falls. Most people think Ohio State's the better team right now, but that, that may not be an, an easier case to make if both teams finish with one loss. Yeah, I definitely think that could be a problem if uh, it stands and you have the teams with the same number of losses and Oregon beat Ohio State. I just feel like if Ohio State does end up with the same number of losses, if just one loss, then Ohio State will have had to win out. And I think their wins will just be more impressive than Oregon's wins. Looking around the rest of the country as well, Georgia winning impressively today at Florida. Florida being a four-loss team, so I guess as impressive as you can look against a four-loss team. But outside of Georgia, and who has even faltered a little bit, um, all the other top ten teams have struggled. Alabama struggled with Tennessee last week, did not play this week. What does the committee do with them? Cincinnati struggled against Navy last week, but as triple option offense. This week, they won by three scores against Tulane. Oklahoma only won by five points over Tulane. But they do get a more impressive win today um, as they get the head coachless um, five-win uh, Texas Tech. They do beat them handily. So you've got a scramble of teams up at top. Um, where do you think that uh, the Buckeyes deserve to be slot? You said fifth and the fourth or fifth. Do you think they deserve to be behind some of these undefeated group of five teams like Cincinnati? Or do you think that they should be ahead of some of these with their resume? Behind. Behind. You I think yeah. Cincinnati I should be ahead. Cincinnati's undefeated. They should be ahead. I'd put Ohio State behind Cincinnati because Ohio State, none of the teams Ohio State have beaten will probably be ranked. Emphasis on probably. You never know what the committee's going to do. And they always leave a couple surprises during their first, you know, reveal of the ranking. So 
I think if I had a vote on the committee, I'd put OSU behind Cincinnati right now. Is a three-loss Penn State ranked next week? We've seen the committee rank a four-loss Northwestern team before at 22 or 23. I don't remember exactly what it was. This early in the year, I don't think so. I, I, I think Minnesota, you can make a case for them being ranked more than Penn State. And that's kind of tough because Penn State does have a ranked win versus Auburn, so that, that win looks good. But Minnesota, they have two losses. I believe no ranked wins right now. One of those losses against Bowling Green. So I really don't think either of those teams will, will be ranked come, come Tuesday. Minnesota probably will vault their way into the rankings if they keep winning, but this Tuesday I wouldn't put them in there. Yeah, big upset in the Big Ten today. I know we talked about Michigan, uh, Michigan State over Michigan, but what about Wisconsin over Iowa and the western side of the conference? I mean, that shakes up that race in a huge. You were talking about Minnesota. Minnesota's right back in this thing. Yeah, they lead the division. They lead their 4-1. and one. They have the least... They lead the division by one game. as They're in the driver's seat right now all of a sudden. No one really saw that coming, but here they are. I was lost two games in conference. They've lost against Wisconsin and against Purdue in yep. shockers there at that point. After many people were putting them in as a two-seed or a three-seed in the playoff automatically, I'm assuming that they'd win out the rest of the way to play Ohio State in the Big Ten title. Well, Wisconsin, it may be too little too late for them because they have three losses. They're not going to be anywhere close to the playoff when the, all this is said and done. But I believe the Badgers have turned it around. They've won four games in a row. They're led by Braylon Allen, the running back, who's had four straight games with 100 yards. He's the biggest reason behind Wisconsin's turnaround. Wisconsin's defense has been solid all year, but, they ha but they've yet to find really some, some strength at the running position. Of course, Mertz still needs to improve, but... Allen, he's really done the job for Wisconsin. That's the biggest reason behind the Badgers' resurgence. Absolutely. Some big matchups next week in the Big Ten. Obviously, we'll see Michigan State play that at that Purdue team. Um, that beat Iowa. That could be a big matchup. Ohio State on the road at Nebraska, who's almost played spoiler a couple times this year, bringing uh, Michigan down to the wire earlier this year. And we'll see how this Penn State team responds at Maryland. Um, this upcoming week um, with those all these uh, Big Ten matchups there with that that are crucial to these Big Ten East races. Um, what are kind of your final thoughts um, as we look forward to these upcoming rankings on Tuesday? Well, I, th I think Michigan State's for real. They have a great offense. They can throw the ball. Peyton Thorne, he's had a good year, even though he had two picks. They and Kenneth Walker, he's one of the best running backs in college football. They Unbelievable. They multi-dimensional multi offense. And I'm telling you right now, Michigan State is easily the best team Ohio State has on this schedule. That'll be a great game the second to last week of November. And we heard from Jerry Emig, they sold 600 seats right after, just three hours after Michigan State beat Michigan. So that should be a heck of a clash here in November. Yeah, I watched that game earlier, and Walker, with some of his, with, with some of his talent and his skills, I saw that one uh, touchdown run that he ran uh, late in the fourth quarter to take the lead over Michigan. I'm like, give that man a Heisman right now. We were trying to talk about, there are some people trying to give um, the quarterback from Oklahoma, um, oh my goodness, I'm losing Caleb his name right Williams now. Caleb Williams. Can't. I was going to say Caleb Edwards. <laughs> no, Caleb Williams, a Heisman for running a fourth down play, taking the ball from his running back <laughs> as a Heisman moment when they were <laughs> losing to Kansas for three quarters. But here in this game, you have Kenneth Walker. He's showing that he's legit. I'm excited to see him come to Ohio Stadium and him and Travion Henderson go back and forth there with that. Um, but Zachary, Murphy, final thoughts before we head to Nebraska next week. 
Yeah, I hope UC's ranked in the top four with their performances <laughs> over the past couple weeks. I, I, I could see the you playoff take the boy committee. out of Cincinnati. The St. X, yeah, yeah, X grad is voting for the Bearcats. Right Penn State should be ranked, too. So. You know, they oh. played hard. Okay. Okay, Zach. Murphy, what do you got? Um, Ohio State, their defense made enough plays tonight. A couple turnovers. They had four sacks tonight. They made enough plays to win the game. That's why they're, they won. I need to see more imagination from the play calling, especially on run plays for Ohio State, and they need to finish drive. So that's where I'm at with this win tonight. I couldn't agree more. And for Zachary Nienaber, Zachary Nienaber, you got all the Cincy arguments in my head, buddy. Zachary Nienaber, Murphy Horning, I'm Nathan Forstoffel. From the shoe in the evening as we get to the waning hours of midnight while we reflect on this Buckeye victory, 33-24 over the number 20 Penn State Nittany Lions. We're saying so long from the Capitol. Have a good night, everybody.